to start, I'd like to introduce a couple of guys who focus on the mathematical side of things, but are about to make history. So Ben and Robin, how did you figure out what you wanted to study for the next four years? Uh, Robin, you want to take that or I'm going to go? Um, I can, I can take that. I can answer if you want, if you need to think. Well, I, uh, I really enjoyed BC calculus last year. I started out a little rough, but once I got the hang of things, I, uh, I really liked it. Um, so when, you know, I got comfortable with calc and, you know, the school year was over quarantine, not much to do. I took an introductory course at MIT about, uh, astronautics. It was taught by a former astronaut and it really grabbed me. After that, I found out that there was a really good Dutch program um, that uh, about about astronaut uh, about aerospace engineering, um, and that's what I've been looking into since. And since then, I've been just very focused on that sort of things. I'm currently um, in the process of designing my own aircraft. Um, it's a little difficult. I'm watching a lot of videos on Talk it. Talk more about and that. I've yeah. just been reading about. Um, about a lot of aircraft, mostly, you know, modern, maybe a little bit more military or uh, really things that impact that will, that are part of the future. Ben? Uh, yeah, I mean, mine's not as, as like spectacular as that, but I, uh, I, I started kind of just cause I've always liked math. I'm trying to go into data science just for some background knowledge before I get into this, um, which is kind of just using uh, AI and um computer programs to like predict stuff using data um yeah it's pretty strange. and that started because i've always liked math a lot uh and then throughout middle school and high school also some parts of coding um and i saw this like youtube documentary series hosted by robert downey jr i think it's called the age of ai but they just showed like a ton of different applications of ai and data science and one episode was showing like how they're using those machines to um, predict famines and uh, and like they said they can even predict war and stuff like that using um, data and uh, like satellite imagery. Um, and I just thought that was like that was really dope, and I wanted to be a part of that in the future. So that's what that's what I'm trying to go to right now. And for me personally, um, throughout this year, I really plan on studying mechanical engineering, but. I'm thinking of switching to electrical and here's why. I mean, I feel like there's a there's a spectrum of these different STEM majors, which I'll get into later. Um, on one end, you have something that's completely digital, like computer science. And on the, you start to get more and more physical with electrical and mechanical and civil, chemical. And I kind of want to get the best of both worlds. Um, be able to design physical systems while also having uh, applications with computer science, computer hardware. I think um, mechanical and electrical engineering are, they're actually very close. They're, um, they're considered like the big two in terms of versatile engineering majors. It's just uh, what I plan to go into. And a lot of people have different perspectives. A lot of people um, adopt the same mindset as me where they want to take something that's uh, very versatile and because they don't know where they want to apply it yet, they know sort of what direction they want to go in but they want to have a lot of options and that's that's kind of how i thought of it and i know that's how a lot of other people think of it as well and 
Here's the thing about figuring out what you want to study. Uh, people say that you can do whatever you want, but you have to assume that nobody's actually going to help you figure that out. Because you just hear people say, oh, you can you can do whatever you want if you put your mind to it. But um, it just it doesn't mean anything when it's repeated over and over. And because of this, we're going to we're we're going to look to analyze what we've learned about uh, the career paths we're looking at and how we got to um, sort of the paths that we took to come to our understanding of the future fields we plan to go into. After all, this is a a career-focused podcast. It'll start off a little rough, as you've heard before, but um, it'll get more interesting as it goes, and uh, I hope hope everybody sticks around. What got you, what originally got you into engineering? Like, you could have chosen history or gender <laughs> studies or anything. I mean, yeah, those you? sound like a very appealing majors, but it was, it was really tough in the end, but um, I feel like all three of us were all... Um, just huge math heads like we're always you know uh getting put in the highest level of math you know robin and i we we just got placed in uh accelerated math we didn't have to test in like the rest of the people and it we're just the disappointment of the call <laughs> you, right here. you're the disappointment you had, to, you had to go to summer school to um and then but the uh, the come up sense has been kind of nice but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're all we're all taking a uh, calc three and linear algebra right now. Nothing. I mean, that's not too crazy. Tons of high schoolers do that. It's really nothing out of the ordinary. But it is just kind of something that we become good at, as opposed to everything else. And I mean, that's kind of the dumb down. It's not. It doesn't. I mean, I don't want to speak for all three of us, but compared to like history or even for me, like our chemistry or uh, biology classes in the past, it doesn't feel like work. It's like. It's a pretty fun, fun topic to learn and work on, especially because we can work on with each other. I mean, I agree. I feel a little bit more like that about physics, but uh, I don't mind. I mean, physics is just applied calculus at the end of the day, really. Right. Kind of our explanations for what got us where we're oh we're good at we're good at math or whatever, which is kind of the dumbed down explanation of it. I mean, for me personally, throughout freshman, sophomore, and even most of junior year, I was like, oh, I'll just go into some STEM field because I'm a fiend at math or I'm a I'm a fiend at uh, at chemistry and physics. Uh, I'll I'll go into one of those fields, but I, I feel like my mindset has really evolved when I really look at the industries that uh you can really go into. Because for me personally, the tech industry is just by far the most uh, intriguing. Just uh, to develop the next big thing. That's what I want to do, and that kind of brings me to my uh, my next point. That um there are two types of people that kind of look at these industries like. A lot of these uh, these quote unquote big dog industries that make a lot of money and uh, you can kind of categorize them in like two major categories. I would say that tech and finance are like two big areas that uh, that kind of breed similar people, and uh, these these categories obviously correspond to different paths in college education. And uh, I mean, I think because of that, LinkedIn is going to be on the rise. Robin and Ben aren't necessarily on it yet, but uh, I'm trying to stay ahead of the game on it personally. Yeah, just more people are becoming smarter and more successful at a, at a young age because, I don't know, part of it is just people evolving. Part of it is success becoming trendy. And uh, Well, I also think with all this information on the internet, um, there's a much bigger separation between the motivated and the unmotivated, really. And uh, 
not that this is a bad thing. I really think it actually helps us. Um, but I think there's so many tools, like from day one, we're introduced to Khan Academy. Um, then I, I personally use, I think it's called EDX. That's where I, uh, I checked my um, MIT intro course amongst others. Uh, so I really think the internet has, has really been able to create a bigger separation between between those who want it and those who don't. I mean, I feel like it's a, is there really such a binary of people, people who want it and people who don't? I don't really, I don't think it's that simple, but I definitely think that there's a, no, but yeah, I definitely, no, I definitely I see where you're coming way. from with that. And, um, I feel like, like back, like a while ago, people used to kind of be like, oh, you're a nerd because you do well in school, which is kind of, people are doing that less and less because it's, it's just BS to be honest. Like like just shaming someone for being successful in school it's just dumb there's no other way to describe it right. but it happens it it's happening less and less but it certainly happens um and if you want to be successful i mean you have to be able to deal with that you got to tune out the annoyance you'll receive from other people it's just how it is um and that's with a lot of things in life but uh, I mean, before before I go deeper into tech, I'll talk about STEM as a whole and my uh, general perspective of it. And I think a lot of people go into these applied STEM fields because they think it's just uh, guaranteed money, which is very much an oversimplification of it. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of people like us are kind of adopting the perspective that scientific innovation is actually interesting. I mean, what a shocker I actually find technological innovations to be interesting isn't that crazy i actually am interested in the fields beyond just the potential financial compensation i mean it's such a such a deep rabbit hole that you can go into and as i've researched it more and more not just for this podcast but um for my college applications and just just knowing more i suppose it I've seen it in a way that I haven't really seen it before. And I've just kind of been like, oh, I really want to do this. And I feel, but like in STEM, the big dogs are like tech on one side and um, medicine on the other or pharmaceutical industry. I mean, I feel like those are two distinct uh, categories within STEM that get a lot of, um, just get a lot of uh, people rising. Yeah, I would, yeah. And um, I mean, the corresponding paths are like, for tech, it's like mechanical or aerospace or electrical and computer or comp sci. And uh, for for the medical industry, there's like basically anything pre-med or um, chemical engineering. And, there, and, and there's biomedical engineering, which kind of tries to do both. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of it. But there are people who can do a lot with it. Personally, though, I'm not really uh, that into it. Not really uh, to the bio sphere really um <laughs> material science and civil engineering are some pretty interesting wild cards though again not really um not really too into those but something to consider like i like i alluded to before you can kind of draw a spectrum of stem majors really from comp sci to biology and like um one degree outside of comp sci is electrical and then one degree outside of that is mechanical and I guess one degree outside of that is civil, and it just keeps going. That's kind of how I would view it. 
And personally, I want to, um, I want to be close to the computer science end of it, but I don't want to just, um, I don't want to limit myself to just, uh, just software engineering. I want to deal with the, the hardware, the physical, um, the physical aspects of it, the infrastructure. The, I, that's just um, how I see electrical or mechanical engineering. I mean, as I said before, they can be pretty similar in a lot of ways. At the end of the day, though, it doesn't even matter. I mean, a lot of engineers are just a glorified businessmen because it. It's really right. applied science, and that, like people use the pri- the the problem solving to go into finance. Um, Robin told me about yeah, a, I mean, a statistic about Wall Street with so many people actually just being engineering majors. Um, um on ABC News right now, and it says um, uh, three and four. Um, yeah, three out of every four people in with STEM degrees uh, don't actually go into STEM. I mean, that's interesting. Is it because uh, they just don't like it? They just can't advance their career in it? Or because they wanted to be versatile from the start? They wanted a, um, the option to go into finance or whatnot. I mean, it's uh, obviously we don't necessarily know it yet, but it's something to consider. Also, um, if y'all are familiar with industrial engineering... Uh, a lot of people know. would a lot of people would beg to differ, but to me, it kind of just seems like a business management major. Um, also, Princeton offers a major in financial engineering. I mean, what exactly does that sound like to you guys? Um, sounds like business financial to me. Financial engineering. Yeah, it, it it's a yeah, major I that mean, Princeton I've... offers, and Princeton um, does not have a business program. They don't have a graduate school yet. They're still. Um, they, they just still churn out Goldman Sachs kids like it's nothing. It's kind of interesting how you don't really uh, necessarily need to be uh, in finance to go into finance. Well, I think a lot of STEM majors, what it somewhere. does is, is you can think of like, you can think of a major almost as in like a certain boot camp. Um, and really the STEM majors are like the toughest boot camp. So in a way it prepares you for for almost the hardest tasks um almost like i guess you can say producing the best producing the best workers in in these fields which is probably why stem majors are so coveted outside of stem and i mean honestly there there are gonna be a lot of people say oh stem majors have a superiority complex oh they always talk about how their major is so hard but i mean let's be real it just is the stereotype is that business majors have it easy, and I mean, the most successful business majors—they're always like, "Yeah, I do have it easy. What you gonna do about it?" Like, <laughs> and I mean, I can't really knock that. I, I mean, mean, I think there's some subjectivity to the uh, saying STEM majors are the hardest. It's just generally majors. regarded as the I highest workload. I think the amount of work that goes into it is is pretty comparable to some some other things, like. If, if someone's studying history, for example, you got to do a lot of theses and, and read a lot about stuff. You're not like solving equations that most people can't solve. But I mean, the people who are in those fields either chose to be there because they're passionate about it, in which case they're probably pretty decent at it and they don't mind the work that they have, or they're chasing the money and they're whining because they didn't expect the work uh, that they have in that field. 
Well, here's something to consider. In college, um, everything is graded on a curve, right? So that means that only a certain percentage of people will get A's and and so on. And when you have um, when you have a certain when you have a, a major that kind of breeds the most competitive um, driven people who just want to one up each other. Um, there's going to be people who everyone. It's just kind of a a race to to get to the top. Not, maybe not a race, but um, just because of things being graded on a curve and people having to compete with each other, professors and universities will just make the workload so hard that it really, um, uh, as our math teacher would consider it, a uh, separation. What it's called? There's got to yeah. be some. There's got to be some separation. And if and if STEM wasn't such a demanding, um, such a demanding type of major, I mean, there wouldn't be enough separation. So I mean, difficulty is all relative, sure. But I mean, if it's too easy, there's not enough separation, and that's kind of how it needs to be. Um, right. But more specifically, within STEM, this this I, you hear it more about tech and that's kind of where we all want to be and i feel like the reason tech stands out one of the reasons is uh because of all the big flashy names like bezos musk um zuckerberg all those guys all those big time billionaires who um kind of glorify the whole industry and it, and that's constantly perpetuated with social media which isn't really su- surprising because i mean who invented social media it <laughs> No, you're right. I mean, yeah. Everyone, no matter who you are, should learn should try to learn as much about finance as possible cuz um how can you make money without finance? Right? And right. that kind of um brings me to the I think that the GameStop thing made finance trendier in a way cuz everyone was posting it on their story. And that kind of um, made me realize that everyone really needs to know finance at a certain level i mean i don't claim to be an expert whatsoever i'm just some some high schooler who watches youtube videos um reads an occasional forbes article and uh has a linkedin but um i feel like uh investing in the stock market you got to know the kind of the big dogs the big dog brokerage firms uh charles schwab fidelity and vanguard kind of regarded as like um the best ones, but then there's also Robinhood, which is um, for casuals like us. The game kind of changed when, like, a lot of these companies started going zero commission, which put more power in the hands of investors. And uh, since we're all like young and risk tolerant, we need to we need to consider all types of investments. So, like, at the safer end, you got obviously your savings accounts and um, corporate bonds and. Uh, municipal bonds and like common stock funds like the S&P 500 and blue chip stock stuff that's really reliable that's not really a, a risk but also got to consider things like uh like uh the big the big risky bets like uh options junk bonds uh, IPOs right I, I recently watched um uh a YouTube video from CNBC I think it was about um Jeff Bezos and what happened when Amazon first went public and how a lot of people made money off of IPOs during that time. That was pretty interesting to to hear about. 
And obviously, it's a it's a big risk because what an IPO is is it's when a when a company it's an initial public offering when a company first goes company public. First enters the market. Exactly. Right? When when it first goes public, you know, you never really know what's going to happen. So yeah, and then with the whole GameStop thing, these uh, brokerage companies who are moving to put more power in the hands of investors, you you had people just inflate the GameStop stock and since uh hedge fund managers were shorting it uh as much as they could and betting on GameStop's a downfall they just they it just completely went backwards for them when people were just like hey let's uh let's invest in GameStop and drive up the price and it was pretty significant because it kind of showed that investing's not necessarily just for the people who are already rich people who are starting at the bottom and trying to make it can really uh make a difference through it and it's something that uh, a lot of people can easily educate themselves in like me personally um i just searched up on youtube how to invest in the stock market um i just go and read whatever forbes articles up it's kind of um i'm not some crazy knowledgeable guy i'm just a dude who uses the internet at the end of the day but before all this, Shark Tank kind of put us all on investing. Let's be real. Like, back, I actually never watched Shark Tank. Back in back in like seventh grade, my our like my social studies teacher showed the class like some Shark Tank videos, and it kind of kind of changed my life, to be honest. Because I mean, it's, to, um, it's really investing put in such a yeah. such a mark. It's investing put in such like a t- television marketable way, where a bunch of these sharks are sitting judging this one person's um entrepreneurial idea and they're all just kind of roasting them trying to squeeze out a deal in the most suspenseful way and it just it makes investing entertaining i think it's pretty cool but uh at the end of the day it's entertainment yeah i mean i've i've hardly watched it um i've seen a few clips on instagram but they can be brutal sometimes and I imagine that's very much for show. So I don't know how much you should really take out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think Mark Cuban is kind of like, is Mark Cuban the best shark just because he's the richest? Like He's kind of savage too, which is pretty cool. I feel like the most savage shark is either Mark or Kevin. I know Mark Cuban is. I'm not quite sure Kevin is. The bald one. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who go into business or econ or finance because like a, they're kind of like, hmm, I don't really know what I want to study. I'll just study business. And I mean, that's obviously, um, that's obviously not the case in a lot of situations, but it's just a stereotype. That's kind of what it is. But uh, yeah, they're always accused of having no passion, but um. I honestly think it's kind of a bad stereotype. I know plenty of guys who uh, who really have a passion for entrepreneurship and really want to um, start, like, really want to use their business education to right, uh, but fully if grow. If you really have a passion for entrepreneurship, why don't you, um, I guess, take like major in, uh, I guess, the area where you're, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
and then take an MBA afterwards. That's or, what I'm. Well, you need to know. You need some. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess an MBA. But at that point, yeah, you're you can educate yourself so much education that could be going towards a business. But what, that and also, uh, you need some basic business skills to start a business. Like you can't. Well, then double major. You can like, self teach, but it's gonna be a lot harder than than getting some some college level lessons on like accounting and stuff just to make sure you understand the financials of, of owning your own business. I mean, Robin, what you said earlier is exactly what I'm thinking because I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own uh, company, get involved with the the startup world, not necessarily to get rich, but I just think it's really cool to build something from the ground up and really be in at the ground floor, be the first guy to start it. And then everyone's kind of following you, looking up to you. I feel like that's the beauty of starting a business and it's a obviously money is the big picture but it's not everything success is though however and when you're when you're starting a tech startup you obviously need to know how the technology works right like right, jeff bezos jeff bezos what an amazing entrepreneur he studied um electrical and computer engineering uh, Elon Musk studied um, physics. Physics. And Mark Zuckerberg, the Harvard dropout, was studying computer science. And I mean, he dropped right. out because he was already he already knew everything basically. But I mean, I feel like this is this problem where people look at Mark Zuckerberg and say, "Oh, he dropped out of college, therefore college doesn't matter," which is kind of ridiculous because he's kind of this. Um, this outlier where he was already so smart to the point where he didn't need to finish his Harvard education. But it's just such a harmful mindset that people have where, oh, grades don't matter. Uh, college doesn't matter because education does matter and it'll bring you nothing but good in order to get the most out of your um, any education you you're, you pursue. and But I feel like there's a healthy balance between um, your college degree doesn't matter and um, this sort of college elitism. Definitely a definitely a balance in there because on one side you have people like um, like oh I go to Harvard you're all peasants but then there's people on the other end who are just kind of like um, man it doesn't matter but you got to consider the balance and you got to realize that. Most people are not the the next Mark Zuckerberg, so uh, yeah, right. finish your education, get A's, and um, yeah, I did what I had to do, and I'm glad I I'm glad I did it. It really uh, don't think I could be uh, chasing my dreams if I didn't put in the work in the classroom. A lot of people need to realize that. I agree. Personally, I think finance is pretty dope, but uh, I don't want to major in it. It's really just, I mean, if I majored in it, I would just kind of feel like I'm just manipulating money my entire life, which is kind no of purpose in your life. Kind of. When it comes to developing the next innovation, artificial intelligence and machine learning is most definitely the future. We can all agree. That's undeniable. For sure. Artificial intelligence is everything. Self-driving cars, self-driving planes, um all sorts of financial algorithms, name right. any industry, um, artificial intelligence is uh, going to be applied and there's such room for improvement in what 
we're currently doing with artificial intelligence is crazy. Most definitely yeah, the future. Really if you're not, if you're not, if you're not looking in the artificial intelligence, what are you doing? Like seriously, um, I feel like Ben is someone who really knows this because um, talk about how it fits into data science. How artificial intelligence does? Yeah, yeah. From my understanding of it, it's like a it's a pretty big piece. I think um, the data science aspect of it is kind of just like. I mean, artificial intelligence has a lot of different facets. Um, machine learning, I think, is a big part of, of data sciences, which is kind of just machine learning is you you code um, an algorithm a certain way, algorithm just like being a set of, of uh, kind of like functions, like things for it to go through. Um, and it, it just like returns, it, it's like a huge array of, of uh, tests for certain data um that can like return an outcome and it can it can really be used universally uh the the ai piece of things is more i mean i don't understand it a whole lot i think it's more people think of it as more just like like a robot being able to talk back to you but ai is anything that can just like in real time calculate like understand something that it, it not necessarily has seen before but it just like can understand patterns um and create meaning from them even if it hasn't in code it's like solve that exact problem exactly it's kind of i kind of feel like artificial intelligence it's like um it's sort of giving computers the ability to go beyond the what exactly you you're not you're not telling it what to do it can kind of uh exactly when i make a when I make a, when I make when I make a TikTok toe game in Python, that's not artificial intelligence. Mm. Python is like the the number one. What's is it called? Though? Coding language for for AI, AI though. Really? Yeah, it, I was surprised when I learned that too because it seemed super basic when you're learning it in the. Uh, I mean, I always see class, computer yeah, science. Um, I always see computer science people stacking on Python. Like, imagine not using semicolons in your code. This and that. Computer science, yeah, because they're like, they're either, they're usually doing like a stuff that has a user interface. It's like websites or mobile apps, stuff like that. Um, but machine learning and, and, and uh, AI, yeah, it's Python. Something I didn't really know. Did not know that. No, you do. And everyone talks about how, um, how everyone needs to know coding, which is kind of facts at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, my my second cousin is trying to be a banker right now. He went to uh, USC, and he did like three different broad programs. But in some of his uh, um, interviews, he was like asked to um, prove that he was fluent in Python. Word, I heard that which all the software has, like, nothing to do with it. I heard that all the software dev interviews are just ridiculous. Or they just stick you in a room and they're like, um, "Here's a problem. Now solve it in Python." Like, what other job interviews like that? Well, like I said, my second cousin is trying to be a banker has to do that. That's what catches me off guard because, like, you don't really necessarily expect that from um from an interview. I would feel like. What I wanted to ask, uh, Dan, to you, it's kind of a jump from what we were just talking about, but you kept bringing up you wanted to bring up you wanted to make like the next big innovation. Uh, this is like a double part question. One, would you plan on doing that, like? Uh, in a company or like in your own space not working for someone else and then two are there companies that like 
fund that kind of work if you're an employee for them. Like that's like your job there is to try and create some new, completely like outside of the company's uh, space project. I get what you're saying, and I'm open to doing both. But at the end of the day, my my sort of life goal is to start a company, and I think to um to be successful in either of the things you just mentioned, you have to be an ideas kind of guy. On resumes, um, a big thing people look for is side projects. That's creativity right there. When you're at your job, besides just like showing up on time and getting things done efficiently, how do you stand out by being an idea guy? Going to your boss and saying, hey, I have this idea for how we can improve this infrastructure right here. Let's implement it. That could change your entire career right there. Product design is something that all engineers really do, not just in um, not just in their jobs, but in uh, senior design classes in college. If you're gonna start a company, I feel like um, unless you're a god, you kind of you need a team. I, I recently read a book called uh, Think and Grow Rich. It's kind of um, something that a lot of people would consider a like an introductory self development book, and there's a part about how Henry Ford didn't necessarily have crazy skills on his own, but he was able to manage a team of people that all had their own individual skill sets, and that's um, how he became successful. You don't necess- you don't need to be a jack of all trades. You need to um, you need to develop a team that can do everything, and then take all so the credit. So essentially, leadership is a critical is really a critical trait. It exa- yeah, it very much is. You got to get others to do a lot of the work and then you take the credit. That's kind of what I'm doing with this podcast. Um making y'all do two-thirds of the work while I um, call it my own. So yeah, that's a lesson in success for all of you. If you ever make you. it big, I want to learn from this. Have you checked how much like streams you need of whatever you're putting this on to to make it become profitable? Um, not really. I'm not actually is that, doing is that this even for. A goal list or is this just like a, I mean, I'm not doing this for straight you. revenue. I'm more so doing this for just getting myself out there. I don't really care about the um the the direct monetary gains quite yet. Affiliate marketing is more what I'm more what I've considered to be the um the podcaster YouTube uh, money maker. You were you were talking about the other day. You were asking if either of us knew what that is. Did you figure it out? Well, basically, you if you're like a podcaster or a YouTuber, and um, oh, it's like yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want to sponsor, it's basically doing someone else's advertising for them. It's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just we like, all know we all know yeah. what it is. It's just that um, people use the term affiliate marketing to sound smarter. Yeah. That's also kind of what this podcast is. Us um, saying basic things that everybody knows in order to sound smarter. For We're reference, not- uh, for people listening, because neither of us really explain that. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's when just like a company will send you a, their product and you you review it usually in like a positive light. It doesn't have them. to be that specific. It can, you just, you can just be like there. If you're like a... Like an NBA team social media um, manager, like the guy who runs the Lakers Instagram account is an affiliate marketer. 
which I find, uh, so yeah, it's just a pretty broad thing. We all know what it is. We just, um, we just, uh, we just call it affiliate marketing to sound like we know what we're doing. Give it a fancy name. Well, that's a wrap for part one. Coming soon is part two.